Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather your way? It is 79 degrees, and it's really beautiful outside. Okay. It's not getting hot, so we're enjoying outdoors while we can. Yeah, might as well, right? Yeah, it's uh, 16 degrees Celsius or 16 degrees Fahrenheit here. Now it started to rain. When we were doing nerves and love, it was cloudy. Now it's oh. raining. So, but that's okay. It's like a warm so rain, so it's not too cold. Where you live, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. No. So, do you have the thing where you live where it rains in half your street, not the other half? I think that's just like Arizona and Florida have that. Uh, that no, it generally rains like. But like there, because Vancouver is such a big city, there are like parts of Vancouver that aren't raining. But I think it's just mostly because it's a big city. So that's a beautiful city too. It is uh, the least affordable to live in, though. So out of all the cities in Canada or in the world? In the world. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know if it's number one, but I'm pretty sure it's in the top three for sure, which is pretty true. So I mean, I could see why it's gorgeous. Yeah, you know, and, and, and your weather's pretty temperate, right? So and there's things like good infrastructure and good healthcare and stuff. So like I can see why things cost more here, but mm-hmm. at the same time too, it's like yeah, that kind of sucks because it's like you know, it, it, it's it's a lose lose situation. It's like yeah, you get some great stuff, but it comes at a cost. It's not like completely free, right? So. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls, uh, back in the saddle again, which is the 18th episode of season two. We're almost done with season two. It's 22 episodes, so we're nearing the end of season two, uh, which is really interesting. I I sometimes forget how far along we're making progress in this podcast and slash the show. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, we're almost done the second season. This is 18, 19, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's good though. Uh... Yeah, and uh, a lot of uh, Richard in this episode, back in the saddle again, uh, which I know you're a big fan of Richard, so I'm sure you're not complaining. Nope. (laughs) My favorite performances. There we go. Um, Yeah, this is uh, an episode largely dedicated to uh, a business fair that's going on at uh, Chilton, uh, Rory has to basically find somebody who will be like a mentor or a coach for her group. And, uh, she figures she'll ask Richard who has retired, but you know, he, he, he can't say no to Rory. Rory's his granddaughter. How can he say no to Rory? Um, you know, until, until, um, Emily stepped in. Well, I guess that's true. Right. Yeah. Emily was the one that was kind of like, you gotta do this. So. But I think she well, also. I think he wanted to look. He wanted to look like he was busy and he was occupying his time, you know, because he still has that identity of being a person at work, right? So. Yes. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, you know, he. Can, I think he kind of realizes that he's unhappy in his retirement. He wants to, you know, do something. So uh, he goes and helps, and uh, they find uh, no, they have this sort of thing of a first aid kit for teenagers but it's very like customizable which i thought was a great idea actually i'm like he and paris team up yeah i thought he he and paris made a great kind of duo with this true because they're both friends right yeah and the thing is too is like 
Paris comes from that rich elite lifestyle, which Richard and Emily like, are. The rolled into that house, they're like, oh, it's just some dude's house. <laughs> you know, they're going to like this mansion. Yeah. Like, to them, this is just some person's house, right? Because, yeah. And Paris answers the door. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny, too. When Paris answers yeah. the door, they're like, what? She's like, hey, everybody. Yeah. Because right. I don't think that. Rory's never had kids over at her grandparents' house, has she? I don't think. No, I don't think so. No. I think this is definitely first. I mean, I know there's been like some parties. There was like that birthday party where they invited some people over for Rory's birthday. Yeah, but yeah. But, but that so wasn't that, like people she knew. Like, a, like. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I guess that was probably the closest. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then also we got a whole bunch of Dean uh who dean is just becoming more and more insufferable he's you know not really happy but the fact sorry he's getting borderline abusive in this episode too yes which i i will say that like the show kind of has a mentality of like introducing a new love interest and then kind of abandoning the old one uh, it happens a lot in the show where I think the writers kind of were out with the old and with the new. Jess is here. Dean's already last week's news. Uh, I think that it makes sense that they just kind of play more off of what Dean is like, which is he's he's got a lot of ancient views on relationships and very problematic views on relationships. And that just gets amplified the more he gets frustrated with how situations are unfolding. And I think he's very jealous, too. Like, his jealousy is not a healthy one by a long shot, but... Um, he called 23 times, or is that the next episode? I think it was the next episode, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so him this calling... This starting his coast in the controlling behavior, which he was already starting before, but... And I think a lot of it stems from the fact that he is jealous. Like, he has a very jealous streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, he got underbid on Rory's lunch basket... There was the bracelet that she lost. Uh, he goes overboard and trying to basically get close to him to Rory. Uh, and he's worried that, you know, she's that she's losing interest in him. And I think he kind of starts to recognize. And I think the show hasn't really, like, fully outright said that Jess and Rory are, like, interested in each other. But I think we're starting to see that where they're starting to go, yeah, these are two people who are interested in each other. I think more and more characters are starting to kind of realize it. So, um, we also got Michelle's mother visiting for this episode. Yeah. Which I thought that was interesting too. Is it Josephine? What? I forget. What Giselle. Name. Giselle. Okay. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. That was, that's I love their interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, it was, uh, great again to sort of see, a character who we don't have too much development with Michelle and kind of giving him a little bit. I mean, it's not much, but we find out he's got his mother and we find out a little more about him and how he is. And you find out that he loves carbs, even though he says he doesn't like them. Oh yeah. Right. He doesn't eat them. Right. And then his mom starts questioning him about, you know, what else don't I know about you? And yeah. yeah, And he gets very mad at at Lorelai that, you know, he's like basically destroyed. um, She's destroyed his relationship with his mother because now she wants to know all the stuff about him. Yeah. So you know, it looks like they're all all getting along and everybody's happy, but then you find out that even in relationships that look pretty solid, there still can be some cracks that form. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah. Um, yeah, I think we got a little bit of Brad this episode, too. I'm thinking. Who's Brad? He was the guy that was on the debate team. Wasn't he? Was he oh, on their yeah, team? Oh, yeah, that's the one that... Yeah, he's the one that Rory said that she um, she told Brad that Paris wouldn't come after his rabbi or something. Yeah. I think that's what she said. Yeah. I don't know why. I just find Brad really funny as a character because he's just... I really like him. He's actually one of my favorite performances. Yeah. Because there's, there's a character that could be way overplayed. Yes. You know, and... And I, I think that's got to be tough. It's got to be tough to be the funny person. The straight person, I can see where it's a little bit easier, but to be the, the funny person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's probably a lot harder than it looks. I would definitely agree with that. Um. Okay. Well, let's see here. Um, yeah, so uh, basically Richard goes and helps them get this idea together and then they go and present it at the school and uh, they don't win the competition, which upsets Richard quite a bit. He gets into an argument with Headmaster Chilton about it. Or Charleston, I think his name is. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I want to call him Headmaster Chilton, but then I know this is the name of the school. His name is... Maybe that's what... He could go by that. I think it's... I think it's that. Charleston. Like, it's very close to Chilton, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Richard's upset, but if anything, it kind of inspires him that he doesn't want to retire and that he wants to get back into uh, the world of business again. So he decides that he's going to start his own business. So, there we go. And he wasn't, he's not sure what he's going to do. Yeah, he just, he's not sure what he's going to do, but, you know, he wants to. <laughs> get out of retirement which i think is great because i think for richard he didn't want to retire but he got forced into it but i think he maybe just didn't know what to do and i think this gives him a little bit of inspiration to go do what he wants to do which is start his own business so and emily who plans everything uh, just kind of flips out when he says this you know even though she's also tired of him being at the house yeah and i thought that was a little weird because i'm like too. don't you want him out of the house the, right but yeah. I think it's something that she didn't... I think that my guess is is that they talk about stuff together first and he mm. didn't talk to her about it. So I wonder if that's part of the issue is that she didn't have some control over it. I think that's probably it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. I also think, too, like, you know, maybe she wanted to go do things like travel with him more and do other things that, like, mm-hmm. now are going to be harder for them to do now that he's working again. So I can see that as well, so... Um, so, yeah. Uh, all in all, you know, uh, an episode that I think really is setting things up more so than anything else. Uh, you know, we get a lot of, you know, Richard realizing that he wants to get back into work. Dean realizing that he's, you know, maybe not the, uh, apple of Rory's eye anymore. Is that the phrase? Apple of your eye? Yeah. So, um, Yeah um let's uh let's get on to questions we've got uh one here from trying to remember ramate i think ramate is how you pronounce the name apologies if i mispronounce your name ramit uh uh but ramit says i really like this episode because it really shows that richard for as much as he gets complacent in a lot of things in his life 
ultimately kind of sh- like Lorelai has a passion to make things or do things the way that he wants in life. And it's really interesting to see how he's very similar to Lorelai in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get it though. Cause like, yeah, he spends a lot of time doing what Emily tells him to do. Or, you know, I think Emily is probably more so in control of what they do in their relationship than anything else. So yeah, I think it is good to see what he does. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's nice to see that side of his character. I'd present. But yeah, that's true. There's there's a lot of stuff that is similar between he and um and Lorelai. Yeah. Well even with uh Emily too and Lorelai. They they share a lot more in common than I think Lorelai likes to admit. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or that Emily wants to admit. Oh uh, yeah, that too. Anybody wants to admit. Uh, favorite performance in this episode. Do you have a favorite? I like Brad and I also thought that um I liked I always like the the interchange between Lane and Rory. Like, it, it was interesting that in ten years they said they're gonna have lunch in Paris, and I believe that the follow up series doesn't it take place ten years from the end of the series? Yeah, I think mm, something like that. Yeah. And I haven't seen it yet, but I'm wondering if they kind of somehow incorporate that line, or that isn't reviewed, or whatever. But, um, and so I I liked Lane in this episode, and. I guess least favorite would be Dean. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not fair to the actor that plays Dean. Because he probably does an excellent job. It's just, But you know he's doing a good job when you just... like, oh, That character is just so unlikable. Well, I think we're starting to see the show catch up to us with where we all stand with Dean. Because I think you and I don't like Dean. We, I, there's, I know people who like Dean. I'm not personally a fan of Dean. I think the show likes to paint him as like a good first boyfriend. That's sort of his like portrayal is like, yeah, he's he's Rory's first boyfriend. And a lot of times the show will even in retrospect say like, yeah, he was a great first boyfriend. I'm like, no, he's not. He's like borderline abusive. He's controlling. Yeah. yeah like right. he's not good, that, but like, and I, that, right. I think the show likes Lorelai to think that goes he's against good. her. Right. Oh, sorry. And Lorelai goes against what she said and, you know, and her character Mm-hmm. When she's talking about how great he is, yeah, you know, it's like, where do you get that from? <laughs> yeah. So I think the show likes to think that Dean's a good character, but I think we we know otherwise. I think so. Yeah i I think I think it's not. I think it's. I think it's a performance. I think it's. Uh, you know, the the show likes to have you think that Dean is this great boyfriend, but reality is he's not that great of a guy he's actually quite toxic of a person this particularly as a partner so and and it's kind of it's normalizing domestic violence because you see a lot of the controlling behavior we've seen this before Mm -hmm. yeah like when rory didn't say that she loved him um you know he he acted out in a pretty obnoxious way and then you know he sat in on the romeo and juliet practice and yeah, there's been all these times that, and then Lorelai tells everybody what a great guy he is. Yeah. And I don't see it. And then we've got where he's telling Rory, I want you to see my baseball game. That was this episode, right? And then mm-hmm. she's basically like, no, Lane and I are going to go do something. And he incessantly asks her yeah. over and over again. Um, and and it's kind of, he's got some control issues. Granted, he he's, he's what, supposed to be 17 or 16 in the show. Yeah. But still... You know, you can exhibit domestic violence behaviors as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that that's something that really that needs to be talked about is that 
this is not okay behavior. Mm -hmm. The show may sometimes portray it as normal, but it's it's not okay. No. Uh, my favorite performance. I didn't really like Paris in this episode. I thought she was great. Uh, I think we get got her in her element, which is her in a group thing where she's kind of running the show. But then when Richard comes along, like she kind of also respects Richard a little bit. She doesn't like immediately yeah. go to like bossy Richard around. She kind of, I think, recognizes yeah. that he knows what he's doing, which is great. She has some deference to him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then least favorite performance... I guess Michelle in this episode. I mean, oh really? Okay. Yeah, I thought like, you know, he he seemed to get a little little too upset over his like mom finding out about his life and the carbs and stuff. And I was like, really? Like, it's not that not the end of the world that your mom finds out that you don't eat carbs when you're at work. Like, well, I it's much. I think it's much more than that. I think it has to do with he's been able to portray himself in a certain way to his mom. Yeah. And. And they've been able to talk about, I think he said, like, surface superficial things. Mm -hmm. But now she's actually asking about his life. So you wonder, how much does she really know about him? Well, so, it's also interesting, too, that, like, I wonder, you know, Michelle, like, I wonder what about his personal life he doesn't want people to find out, right? That, so there's that, too. Right. I'm like, hmm. So. He's a good dancer. We saw that in the episode. Yeah. So, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of Michelle in this. Uh, I, you know... I think it was interesting that they brought the mom in, but I don't think they really grew his character as much as they could have. So, yeah, it wasn't a I huge guess, I guess it's kind of setting up that what do we really know about him? Yeah, which I, I think... I wonder if they ever explore that and just let it go. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, He's not a character they flesh out a lot. They, they don't flesh him out a ton, but they flesh him out a little bit. So, like, by no means is he like Lorelai or Rory getting, like, huge plot lines devoted to him, but they flesh him out for sure. Um, favorite reference. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, there's the Motley Crew biopic that. Oh yeah. Lorelai's reading, and she talks about uh, the uh, the part where Ozzy Osbourne snorts a man's, which uh, a it did happen, yeah. and b they adapted that into a movie, which is called The Dirt. It's on Netflix as well. So. Oh really? Yeah. Did the movie come out. Uh, the movie came out like two years ago, 2019, I think. So, yeah. Um, they did a genetic study, Ozzy Osbourne, didn't they? And they found out that he's got some longevity gene that contributes to him still being alive, right? And didn't they do the Keith Richards, too? One of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was like a book that came out. Like I think it was called The Dirt, Confessions of the World's Most Notorious Rock Band. Uh, it came out in like 2001, so it would have been out the time that, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the show was out. promotion but it was just kind of funny that like now in 2019 well not now but like back in 2019 they came out with a movie as well so I like I like that I was like hey I saw that movie I know what's going on um yeah do you have a favorite performance um yeah my mine was um Brad and then also uh Lane and I, I like that Lane is, again, you know, this kind of understated character that she could have played that over the top, and she didn't. Mm. Uh, and my my reference is Buster Keaton, that if you watch a Buster Keaton movie, it's a lot of physical comedy. Right. Um, if you haven't seen one, there's I'm sure it's on YouTube, all over YouTube. 
Yeah. Um, stuff that he pulled off is pretty amazing, especially for that time period. I mean, obviously no CGI, uh, mm -hmm. but he he created some really elaborate stunts. Um, and yeah. I, I can't remember what they were referring to, but it was it was a character that was doing something like where they were falling on themselves or something like that, uh, because that was part of his signature move or like Pratt falls. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so check that out. And Ivan Boski, if you don't know who he is, he was um, arrested for insiding, insider trading in the 80s. So if you're if you're like, who's Ivan Boski? That's who that is. Yeah, that was a bit of a ice obscure reference, but uh, still. Uh, well, I wonder if he kind of made a... I wonder if he made like a resurfacing around that time. Because I don't know how long he was in prison for, but it might have been that he was released around that time. Mm -hmm. So that might have been part of it. But yeah, they threw out some obscure references this time. Yeah. Uh, right. The quote is when they're talking about being nihilistic, and Rory says, "What's the point?" And then Dean didn't get it. Oh yeah. Well, of course, the logics right. go over nihilism. Dean's head. Yeah. So nihilism. You know, if you read about nihilism, you'll kind of get a joke when Rory says, "Yeah, what's the point?" Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Dean. Dean is not as. Uh, as up on these things that's Rory which like, I think to be fair I will I will defend Dean on that and say that you know that might be over a lot of people's heads <laughs> you know, so um my favorite was when Michelle says you know what happens when you assume don't you and Laura Lai says no and Michelle says well it's something about a donkey it's a stupid American phrase I like, I, I like that okay. that was a good one um and then, uh, let's see, we've got uh, behind-the-scenes trivia. So this is the one and only episode where Michelle's mom appears. So she doesn't show up ever again. Really? Yeah. Was she a, is she a famous actress? Was it like a cameo like Hale Linden was in the last episode? I'm trying to think. Let's see here. We've got... I mean, she looked familiar. Her name is Janet Hubert. Uh, oh, yeah. I think she's... Yeah, I think she. I think she was on the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah, House of Pain as well. She's been in a few shows, so. so she she's famous. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I thought that. Yeah. Uh huh. I was just trying to think of who she was on the Fresh Prince. Because I can't. Oh, it says that she was herself. Oh, Vivian Banks is who she was. Yeah, Aunt Vivian. She, I think she was the second Aunt Vivian or the first Aunt Vivian. Mm, yeah. Uh, she was, uh, yeah, in the first two seasons. And most of the third. And then Daphne Maxwell took over for the balance of the series. So that's probably what most people would so, work from. So, yeah. So the, this was more than just his mom showing up. It was her making an appearance. Yeah, there's a lot of cameos in the show. Yeah. People that people today may not recognize. Mm -hmm. but back then, people would have known. Especially from Fresh Prince. Uh, well, apparently, too, Janet Hubert's only 14 years older than the actor who plays Michelle. So. so she has, yeah. But I think they kind of were playing it up that, like, she looks right. pretty young for her She's age. Old. Yeah, right, so. right, right. Um. Uh. Let's see here. Uh, oh, uh, the actor who played uh, Headmaster Charleston. Uh, oh, it is Charleston, okay. Yeah. Uh, and Liza Well, who played Paris, 
they work together also on the West Wing, apparently. Oh. Yeah. Like a couple episodes of West Wing. Yeah. She also was an episode of Scandal too. One of the very first episodes, like episode two. Mm, yeah. Or the first episode. Taylor Swift's in it. I didn't recognize her at first, but uh, she did a good job. Yeah. And she shows up on the tenth anniversary one or the follow-up, right? A year in the life. I think she's on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think like most of the show, most of the characters come back for a year in the life, except for obviously the actor who plays Richard and a few others. But yeah. Um, uh, oh, um, uh, in the scene where, um, uh, Rory, they're at, uh, Richard and Emily's and, uh, Brad asked if, uh, Paris had a baseball bat in her hands. Uh, apparently that was a reference to the untouchables, but yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I for some reason, I think it was in there as trivia. I don't know why. It seems more like a reference, but I don't know. We'll mention it. Uh, and so the, when she talked about Miss Gilmore and the Vicious Circle, that that refers to something, and I can't remember what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, where she said, where uh, Rory asked Lorelai to be the business person, the business mentor. And she said, yeah. well, then, you know, I don't feel guilty, but I don't feel guilty about not feeling guilty. And she's like, Miss Gilmore and the Vicious Circle. The Vicious Circle, it refers, it's, I think it's a literary reference. Yeah. Once he has something to do with Dorothy Parker. Yeah, that's it for trivia. Not too much in this episode, but uh, yeah. Any other mental health observations aside from how terrible? Yeah, uh, you could you could see that. Yeah, (laughs) you could see how against therapy Emily is. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that you know suggested that is it that Richard goes to therapy or somebody goes to therapy? Yeah, and Emily is just staunchly against it. Mm-hmm. And I could see for maybe her generation or her class or her time that you only went to therapy if you're really crazy, right? Yeah. So, but also by this point, more people are going to therapy in 2002. So it's just interesting yeah. how adamant she was against it. And I'm thinking maybe she just didn't understand it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you think also that that people of her of her wealth would also have more access to therapy too, so mm. that was just really interesting how adamant she was against it. But again, that that kind of fits for her generation, her time. Totally. Yeah, I think uh, she, her idea of therapy is like you go when you've got major problems, not when you've got the, a lot of underlying issues you don't need to get that. Yeah. Right. Like, you just go to be centered more, so. And you think, wow, she really could have benefited from going to therapy. Totally. Especially dealing with her feelings about, about Lorelai and the baby and leaving. and. It would have really benefited her, yeah. And plus, I would have liked to see those sessions, too. <laughs> yeah, something tells me Emily in therapy would be really interesting. There'd be a lot to unpack there. Um. Well, well and also, I'll just say, too, you know, we're not sure if Emily has narcissistic personality disorder, but um, I will say that people that are narcissistic tend to not go for therapy because they have egocentric personalities, which means they think that they're fine, everyone else has the problem. Mm-hmm. So the only time you actually see them go in for therapy is either if it's court-ordered or um, they bring their spouse in and they say, you know, I need you to fix my spouse because they're the problem. So yeah. um, so just from a, from a perspective of, of um, 
you know, if she is in fact a narcissist. And I've seen different articles about whether she is or not. Um, and again, I think we kind of need to know more about the character. We need to watch more. No. Yeah. Um, that that it could be that she she doesn't get why someone need to go because you know she's fine. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't yeah. think that that um. I don't think it was who was it even in reference. I don't even remember who it was in reference to. Mm. There's especially because of therapy. Who were they? Were they talking about Richard? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. I think it might, might have been Richard because of how he was acting. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But to Emily, that would be like the worst thing. Yeah. Again, she's not comfortable with the idea of somebody going to therapy, let alone herself. Like, so. Right. Oh, but you know that's that's changed. So. Oh, totally. Yeah, and you know, would be interesting if we could see her in therapy. I think it would probably be really interesting to see what what that's Mm -hmm. like. I'd like to see how cooperative she would be in therapy because you know I could see a therapist challenging her and her just being just walking out. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. Um. Okay. Uh, time to give this episode a rating. What would you give this episode a score of? Six. I mean, it, it was. There were parts that were cute, but then there were parts that felt like filler. Hmm. I like seeing Richard. Sorry. What do you, What do you think? I gave it a six. I'd give it a four out of ten. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think like this episode, it's, it it just there's not a whole lot going on. It really is there to set up Richard wanting to go back into the workforce, and I guess we get more of Dean being terrible. But aside from that, there's not a whole lot else that happens in this episode. It's kind of a boring episode, in my opinion. Like, yeah, it seemed like a lot of filler. Yeah, which is fine. Not all episodes are going to be moving the plot along but yeah this just felt like it had one singular goal which was to get richard back into the workforce and that could have been easily something that we could have just gone into an episode and emily could have been like hey richard wants to get back into work or he's decided to get back to work like it just felt like weird to have a whole episode dedicated to him wanting to go back to work but yeah he's kind of in i mean he's roughly in what I half of the episodes. I mean, it sounds like he had a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. Yeah. So work wise. So, um, but yeah, the, the whole, like how long do we have to listen to what these kits look like? <laughs> First aid kits. You know, yeah. like it just went on and on and on. Like, yeah. It, it felt like they were definitely padding out the episode and there was some good stuff too. Like I liked how Richard and Paris interacted. I thought that was great. I did like Brad quite a bit mm-hmm. too. But yeah, I think if this is an episode that largely is, and, and the thing is, too, is like it doesn't advance the plot, but it also doesn't have too much interesting things going on. Like you have right. some episodes like the Bracebridge d- dinner, where there's not a heck of a lot going on. It's just people getting together for dinner, but it's still right. in- more interesting than this. So right. So anytime you get everybody together, yeah, but yeah. This was. Um, it felt like it was oddly kind of too too little of sets to use do you know what i mean like it was yeah. like a school and it was their house and it felt a little claustrophobic kind of and and yeah. where and where is this thing with the garage with the car and richard because it seems like like where where is that housed at i mean i know they have a, a big house but it's like this car kind of i know they they reference it 
in the previous episode, but mm. it takes a rather large place in the in the script, and it kind of it kind of doesn't fit. Yeah. They talk a long time about the car. I'm like, okay, yeah, we get it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it but, felt like that. I mean, so. they probably have like a little outdoor or exterior set for the house, but yeah, it just yeah, it felt a little weird to be like, oh, here we are. Like he it could didn't have, look he, like a garage, kind of. It was kind of weird. Yeah, he could have been in the study. You know, could have been too on that. So, uh, so who wrote this episode? Let's take a look. Uh, written by Linda Louise. Louiselle Guzik, who uh, she's done a few episodes. Um, she did Starcrossed Lovers and other uh, Strangers, which was uh, season one, and then yeah, Emily in Wonderland. She's done a few episodes, so um, we should track the writers of the script and what our ratings are of episodes. Well, that's a lot of work, but yeah, I, I, I think I'm willing. I think I'm I, I can appreciate when I know I don't like the episode I see that Daniel Palladino wrote it so well he's he's got inappropriate stuff in his episodes we can always have it yeah and I feel bad because you know he's uh, the husband of Amy Sherman so you know I, I think you know she always wants to have him involved but you know he, he wrote for Family Guy and I think his sense of humor works well on that show but doesn't quite work in this in this uh show as much family guy come out it was not on when this was on was it yeah it was i'll have to look it up because i i know family guy took a break but i know they were out during the early 2000s let's see 1999 so it actually came out before so oh. yeah but uh I give it a six, you give it a four. So Yeah, it's not the greatest episode. And uh who knows, maybe there's some more Daniel Palladino episodes for us to not like. I'm sure there are. I'm, I'm sure. sure. There too. Yeah. But uh, you know, and the thing is he he does write some decent episodes, but I think anytime there's any like crass humor that doesn't really fit the show, most times that ends up being in an episode that he wrote, so I actually wonder how that works. So if if um, if Amy is the the creator, I wonder how much say she has in the scripts. I guess she can pretty much nix anything that she wants to, right? I'm sure, but I, at the same time too, like I think she definitely would have a plateful if she did do that. So I think in a bigger show like that, you tend to give episodes to people, but she also too is somebody who knows the overall arc of that season and the show you also know that particular episodes you want to have a good handle for. So, like, it, you'll notice that, like, Amy d typically will do, like, a lot of the big important episodes that are really moving the plot along. And then a lot of the ones like this one and others where the plot really isn't moving along nearly as much go to, like, other writers because you can kind of just do things in these episodes that don't have as much of an impact on the show. So. But. Yeah. And it's also interesting, too, that, like, Daniel worked on Family Guy. And I think I might have mentioned this before, but, like, the Peter Schmitz and Family Guy, the parents of Lois, are so strikingly similar to uh, Emily and Richard. So. Oh, yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Who One of these days, I would love to talk to Daniel and ask him that, like, how much influence either the Peter Schmitz had on the on, Emily, on and Emily and Richard or vice versa, because I feel like there's got to be some kind of like cross cross analogy That's there. Yeah. Daniel, come on, let us know. We we need to know. Okay. Uh, That's what we said about your scripts. Yeah. <laughs> on the show. Hey, you know what? It's constructive criticism. There's nothing wrong with that. Then we'll just we'll just reframe it as that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds better that way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Steph, you can find over at stephaniesarker.com. Gaslighting is the book. Talking Brains is the podcast. I'm over at threeingrenerves.com. We just have. Well, we're going to be putting up a new episode of Nerds in Love, which we haven't done in a while. So go check that out if you've been missing that. And um, yeah, uh, I'm over through Green Yeah, doing other stuff, talking about movies and TV shows that are not Gilmore Girls. So there's always that. Until next time, everybody. Bye for now. <laughs>